do. Wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers. We'll be dipping in the bins with the spoilers. On the low from the J in the Taurus. Wanna rumble with the B, huh? Throw a hex on the whole family. Dressed in all black like the Omen. Have your friends singing, this is for my homies And you know me, for making niggas so sick Lost in my six with the Lex on the wrist If it's murder, you know she wrote it German Ruger for your ass, bitch, deep throated Know you wanna feel the rule, cause it's platinum coated Take your pick, got a firearm, you should've told it Suck a dick, all that bullshit you kick Player hating from the sideline, get your own shit Why you riding mine? I'm a good fella, kinda late You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. You know, Benny, it's just one of those things where some days uh, you think the city's coming down, and sometimes it comes down with the bang, and it's rebuilt instantly. Calgary, what up, baby? I know. I mean, I know the last time we talked, we said that we couldn't wait to see what was going to happen in a first wave of free agency, especially with uh, some of the talent that was available and some of the trades that were expected to happen because of some RFA statuses. But nobody played this parlay in Vegas. <laughs> uh, no, because if they did, they, they had insider trading because yeah. I don't think anyone saw this whole thing happening. And, of course, we're talking about the Maple Leafs setting themselves up for back-to-back Stanley Cup championships, right? Exactly. That that acquisition of Matt Murray is going to bring them to the promised land. Exactly. Get some Pink Whitney's in him, and he's good to go. <laughs> what a guy. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau ends up going to Columbus. I, I think that was one that... No one really saw her on the radar. We knew when we recorded last, it was the night before free agency. And he had come out right when we were recording saying he was not going back to Calgary. I think everyone thought it was going to be Philadelphia or New Jersey. Uh, We come to find out on the other end that Chuck Fletcher, the GM in Philly, uh, never even offered him a contract because it would be very tough for him in the uh, cap position to try to trade people after you sign the biggest free agent out there. So, um... The Flyers never offered him. He was with negotiations with Jersey, and they said Columbus came in late, offered him, and he said, let's go to Columbus, and they made it happen. I mean, Columbus now a free agent destination, Benny? I mean, they also signed Eric Branson, so <laughs> I guess they are turning into a destination. Um, yeah, sometimes you need the meat there. I'm, before getting into Columbus, the two things – well, there are three things to take away. This one decision has hurt the reputation and the short-term status of three different organizations. N- number one, New Jersey. Because according to Goudreau himself, he was in negotiations. They were the only team that he spoke to that day, which is astounding to me that the best free agent on the market, one team called him. He had four teams in mind. I'm assuming it was New Jersey, the Islanders, the Flyers, and the Blue Jackets, because he did say Columbus was one of those four teams, obviously. And he okay. was talking to New Jersey. So, one, New Jersey. You're, I don't know how you let him get off the phone. He said he was on the phone with New Jersey, and then Columbus called, 
and he talked to them and then he told his agent, that's why I want to go make it happen. And an hour later, he was with the Blue Jackets. How do you let him off the phone? See, I, I, I don't know how that happens. And the other part of it, too, is I'm assuming the money was very comparable in Jersey as to what he got in Columbus. Probably the same numbers, if not more. So apparently, I mean, Kudrow didn't confirm this, but the rumor is the Devils offered him $10 million a year for seven years. Or $10 okay, so, I mean, million a year for seven years. So he didn't leave much he on the table. He didn't leave much on there. the table. And if you're in New Jersey, you have the you have the cap space. You have, obviously, so he ended up taking less money than he, than I think Calgary offered him in their extension to go to Columbus. But you look at the Panarin deal. Is he overpaid? Yes, by probably two, two and a half million dollars a year. But the Rangers knew in order to turn this rebuild around and basically end it and bring them back to contender status, this is the guy they needed. And they didn't let him off the phone, and they gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. New Jersey had the cap space to give him $12 million a year, $11 million a year. If you know that extra million, million and a half a year is what's going to seal the deal and give you a in-his-prime franchise forward to play on the same line with one of your franchise centers and get back to relevance here, you got to make that fucking million and a half dollars offer. Like, why are you trying to nickel and dime it and try and win the negotiation? Oh, you know, we got him for a million dollars less than some other people thought we'd get him for. Wow, congratulations. I, I honestly don't even think it was that. I, I find this very weird because he writes in the Players' Tribune, um... He wanted to go home or be as close as he could to his family due to his father had a massive heart attack. It was either last year or the year before. And he also didn't want to resign in Canada at all because of the border closings. Correct. But now you're trying to tell me you could have went to New Jersey where you were born and your parents live in New Jersey. And we're, we're talking about not, you know... Jersey was even going to pay him more than yeah. Columbus. Why does he not go there? I think something turned him off. Something definitely turned him like, off. because the coaching staff or something about the organization made him go. Because the first thing he said when he was at his press conference with Columbus was, I heard from guys who have played here and they've loved it and they've stayed here after their playing days are over. I think something about the organization with New Jersey turned him off, whether it was ownership, hockey ops, how the players are treated um, overall. Something made him be like, you know, if the money is equal, yeah, it's closer to my family, but I'm going to spend the next seven years of my time in this city. Do I really think New Jersey, like Newark's the best city or like the surrounding area? And the Devils organization is better than what I can get in Columbus. No, see, I mean, I've always said this. I I believe Yarmo, when it comes to club and bettering his team, will always do whatever it is. And and I'm not saying that Tom Fitzgerald's not doing that in New Jersey. I think he's done a great job in there starting to turn stuff around. Do I think location may have had something to do with the chore? But at the same time, like, this isn't like he's in Calgary, 
before this. Yep. He's in the room every day. Probably what? 20 beat writers? Easy. It's Canada. Probably up there, even though Calgary's a smaller market. Probably 20 beat writers a yeah. day. You go to Jersey, four. You, you want to go have dinner in New York, you, you shoot right across the bridge, you're there. It's not like something would be damaging to him or, or just difficult. So I'm just like, how did he end up in Columbus? And yeah. th- that's just, There's like you said, if money's life. relevant. Yeah, I, I think there was something there because, like I said, you don't come out in the Players' Tribune and say, you wanted to be as close to home as you could because your dad had health issues, and then you go to Columbus when Jersey's offering you the same money. It had to be something off the ice because if you're looking at the better roster, and Columbus will always be a gritty team, like just a son-of-a-bitch team to play against in terms of their compete. I know even last year people expected them to finish in a lottery, and they were hanging around that wild card spot before – a good chunk of the season. Um, can, can I make a bold pr- prediction internally as to why? Why? I believe that there was no one around there to protect him. They magically get good brands. I mean, you, you look at this Devils roster, and I mean, if Johnny went there, they're small. Hughes. Heeshear. I mean, they just signed Palat, but before him, I mean, you don't, Andreas you don't Janssen. That, uh is Sharon Govich. Like, they're not a big team, and Miles Woods RFA, so who's to say what's going to happen with him? But you're relying on PK and let him slew for everybody. I mean, yeah, but I I think internally, I I think Johnny was probably saying, Johnny knows he's a good player. This isn't like a naive fact or being obnoxious, but Johnny knows he's a good hockey player. And I think the other part of it is he wanted to feel protected. You looked at him in Calgary. He had Kachuk. He had Lucic. He had these guys around him. And now it's like, if you go to Columbus, at least you do have good brands in there. That, that, that's a huge pickup for them. But their bottom guys will definitely do something for you. So it's like, I just think he didn't think you would be as protected there as he would be. I mean, sure, and, dude, like, if that's the case, like, if you told Tom Fitzgerald, hey, I'm a little hesitant about signing because there's not a lot of muscle for a guy of my stature that I'm used to having even just on my line. Tom Fitzgerald will figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know what? Do you think he's going to tell him that? I think he's like, mm. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, if you're looking at on it, I don't think Columbus is – it's surprising that the best free agent chose Columbus because people – especially guys who you have a chance to go to New York or LA or tax free in Florida or Texas or to a consistently competitive team like Nashville, or you get big money to go play in the biggest market in Toronto. People don't naturally think of Columbus, but when you're looking at, they're not as bad of a team. It's not like he's going to the team that finished 32nd overall in the league. He didn't go to Arizona. I mean, let's look at it. Now it's Johnny there. They have Line A, a sniper there. They have, have Jacob Vorek. They have Wrensky. They have Voracek, a, just a really good guy. They have Nyquist there. Merzlikens and Gold. Merzlikens and Gold. They have Jack Roslavic. And then they still have Boone Jenner, j- just the guy who, who's going to do it all for you. They still have Tessier. Like, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, I mean... Strictly comparison with New Jersey, like obviously New Jersey has 
their roster is better right now um, in terms of being able to prove it. You have Heischer and Hughes won two. You have Dawson Mercer and had a nice rookie year. You have Wood. You have um, – fuck, I'm blanking on the other winger that they need to get signed. Uh, Brett. <coughs> oh, yeah, yes, for Brett. Yep. You have Hamilton on the back end with a decent top four. And, yeah, the goaltending is still kind of weak, but average goaltending – for New Jersey last year, probably would have gotten him close to a wild card spot. So then you add him in there, and who knows? But I think him going to Columbus, it's it's an organizational decision, and he knows, like you said, Yarko will put his dick on a table mm-hmm. if it means he's going to win. New Jersey, they win. They've seemingly won every off season for like the last three off seasons, and then nothing comes of it, and they've changed coach. It doesn't matter. And to be honest, I don't think if you're trying to recruit top, top, top free agents, I know they got Hamilton, but Hamilton's like a different case all around. Like he's in his own stratosphere in terms of how he thinks mentally. Um, yeah, that's fair. No one's going to look at Lindy Ruff and go, fuck, I got to play for this guy. Yeah, on the other end. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's also a drawback. Like, yeah, you're close to New York. And for Johnny, you're close to his family, but like, uh, I guess one know, other thing though less too. Money to play for John Cooper. <laughs> I, I guess one other thing too is, uh, since we've discussed as to what people would do for you, Brad Larson, even before he got this head coaching job, when he found out about the Corpusalo thing last year, flew right there. Was right there. Yep. It's a tight nipped team, man. So I, I think it's just what they've built there. And yet again, I think that's a place you can go to when he says, you know, he could live there forever. It's not a, a massive hockey market in the sense of it, they're all about football. They're all about Ohio State. And it is. You're downtown on Saturday. It's a nice little like I've area. I've been there a few times. Like, yeah, it's not no. like as exciting as New York or L.A., obviously. But maybe after being in the limelight in Calgary, that's what he wanted. He's like, I'm fucking, I'm here. Like, that's it. But, like, Dubinsky still lives there. Like Exactly. He's probably just like, if I, can, if I can retire after, no one's going to bother me. I got plenty of money, and they could definitely make it stretch there in the fucking Midwest. I, I, you know, it's not a bad spot. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't believe you didn't mention it, but the actual deal was seven years, 68 and a quarter million dollars from Columbus. Um, I still think their center position, like I know there's a lot riding on Sillinger and Roslovic to really take that step forward. And I know Goudreau is going to make whoever his center is better, but then he also just flipped York's uh, strand for two draft picks to Seattle, who scored, I think, 28 for him last year. So it's like, okay, now it, you ship off your first line right wing. <laughs> well, they're, they're going to have to ship off somebody else, too, because um, I, I saw that on the contracts. They have 24 one-ways out of 23, so somebody else is going yeah, to. Yeah, they can figure that out. They'll figure that out. It doesn't have to be anyone big, just yeah. something. Now, one other random thing about it is looking at it, because we're going to get to the next deal after with another Calgary guy. Does it surprise you that, Johnny did not take it the other way in the sense of signing bonuses a lot higher than base salary because, you know, $2 million a year for signing bonuses, guaranteed $2 million a year, and then his base is that seven seven five. 
So I, I'm just wondering as to uh, Maddie Kachuk just got paid a whole bunch of money the other way, yeah. and that's just what makes me wonder. That's all. I think it would. It's just not a custom, uh, customary thing in hockey yet. And I talked about this a few episodes ago, where you know GMs are always looking for a loophole. At first, it was like ten year, twelve year deals. And then it was heavily front-loaded deals. And then NHL kind of playing whack-a-mole with those things. And I'm like, you know, signing bonuses, when you're signing these long-term deals, help with the buyouts. So, like, for the Rangers, when you sign Barclay Goodrow, they didn't stuff it full of signing bonuses. But I think they wish they could have because they signed him to a seven-year deal. He's a fourth-liner. He's a good fourth-liner. But do you really want to be paying Barkley Goodrow at 37 years old? No. But when you buy him out, he's going to get a decent chunk of change against your cap instead of vastly reducing that with the signing bonus structure, which is what Kachuk did. And it's the first sign and trade in NHL history, too. Yes, the first sign and trade ever in the NHL. So, yeah, Kachuk, there were, I mean, shit. It was the same four teams that were constantly getting mentioned. I think once a day, one of the guys like Friedman or um, Frankie Savali would say, Dallas is in talks to acquire Kachuk. And then it was, he only wants to go to St. Louis because that's where he grew up and that's where his dad played. Nashville is making a play for Kachuk. And then when they mentioned Florida, we're like, how there's no way you can fit under the cap because no one thought, well, we'll make room by trading Uyghur and uh, Huberdo. <laughs> Huberdo. No, I do. I mean, I, I will give it to to the GM down there in Florida. Uh, all I'm saying is, it, you go there, Bill Zito, and you have Huberdo, who is going to go to market next year because he's not staying in Calgary. He he was not happy about the trade that has already come out. Uh, <coughs> about me. going to Calgary. Oh, he was not happy about going to Calgary. Why did that? not want to? Well, a, it's not like he had a no trade anyway, so yeah. so he didn't have any say in it. But he was shocked, and then he found out that he was going there. Was not happy. On the other end, I mean, Brad Treveling is acquiring two guys who are both pending UFAs. You can flip them. He can flip them, but at the same time, I like. You unloaded Kachuk. I understood he said he wasn't going to play there. So so now your hands are tied. You got to make a move. Granted, he brought back two very good players in return in a first round pick, and he saved a couple. I think almost a million dollars on the salary cap. Yeah, I think that. I think it was a million in total. He ended up saving to be under. But like, dude, like next year they're both going to walk out the door. They're gone. Jonathan Huberdeau loves South Florida. He had a Lamborghini in the driveway. Well, good luck going back. Loved, and loved the, oh, no, but it's like love the lifestyle. And then he's dealing with that. And it's like, man, that one hurts. Like, like that's a stinger all in itself. And I mean, dude, like, I get it. But fucking cry me a river. Like, two things. One, you're still getting paid $6 million a year to go play hockey. And it's six months out of the year that you're playing in Calgary. Like, boo fucking who? Second, 
you're gonna get you're gonna get to choose where you go twelve months from now. Like so you have to play six months or seven months, including camp up in Canada. Boo well, who I think the problem's this. He like we've always talked about it here and there. This is a big hit for him in the sense of he was in Florida taxes. making tax free money. Now he's up in Canada getting hit twice as hard and the dollar isn't as much. Well, did you know, uh, the, it's, this is hitting the wallet pretty good for him. If he was if he's surprised that a trade could happen at some point in his career, like then he's pretty naive. I think if the Panthers offered him an extension, he would have taken it for a heartbeat and would have been a lifetime Panther. He was first or second in franchise and everything. Everything. And then that happened. <laughs> I, will say, I will say this. With that accusation of Mackenzie Weger, I really like the Calgary defense. But up front, they need help. They need some help. Well, so you, you basically have Huberdeau replacing Goodrow up front. You still don't have Kachuk, obviously, who's an MVP type of player. So, yeah, they still need some help. You still have... You still have Toffoli. You still have Lindholm. Yeah, you basically have two-thirds of your top line still in play. And, and then Mangiapane's RFA, so you got to figure out that. But you got to look at it from this. This is how Calgary is looking at it. We knew we were going to lose Goudreau, and then we found out there was no way we were going to be able to keep Kachuk. That's two-thirds of our top line gone. Yeah. And then they've turned that around into now we're only missing a third and we acquired a top pair right hand shot defenseman and a first round pick and we're saved a million dollars on the cap. Like from where they were two weeks ago, Trevling has done a fucking magician's job here. Um, yeah, they're both UFAs. We were more <laughs> likely to stay. Obviously, if they offer him a long term deal than Huberdo. But here's the thing. This is all in because you look at their team and ARF is and everything coming up. They only had a two-year window, maybe three-year window, even with Markstrom and goal. Oh, no, that's fair. Last I agree with that. One. So now they're in year two, and he's like, fuck it. This is my best way to try and go in, all in on year two. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if for some reason they're out of the playoff race or traveling is looking at his team and it's like, yeah, we're, we're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think we have a legitimate shot. You could get an A-level prospect and a first-round pick for who we're doing at the deadline and basically start from there. So yeah, Work his way up. Yeah. I will say this, too. Florida, in the past, I mean, four months, has wasted a lot. Oh, my God. So for Matthew Kachuk... 20 games of Claude Giroux and Ben Sherratt. The Florida Panthers have traded Huberdo, Uyghur, former top 10 pick in Owen Tippett, first round pick in 23, first round pick in 24, first round pick in 25, a third round pick in 24, and two prospects. That's a lot. I mean, that's the team that's going all in. I mean, Bill Zito learned from the best, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, I, I'm A-OK with Bill Zito going all yeah. in. Just w with the way that the lineup is now, he has to. But we can both agree, as long as Bobrovsky's in that net taking up $10 million a year cap, 
I'm surprised he didn't it, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. I mean, Spencer Knight should <laughs> get 60 starts next year. And be should. He wanted to playoffs. He should. If Pavrowski's getting a 50-50 split, it's unfair to the team because you're only doing that because of his contract. Now, I mean, if Spencer Knight proves like legitimate number one, he doesn't even need to be a franchise guy. Like He could just be like a Jack Campbell-level goaltender, right? I believe mm-hmm. after this season, he still has one year left on his ELC. But even then, he'll sign like a bridge deal for Florida to keep cap flexibility. Now, let's say you buy out uh, Bobrovsky after this season. I was doing this like a half hour before we started recording because the thought popped into my head. If you buy out Bobrovsky, you can re-sign Huberdoni offseason. Oh, uh, listen, I honestly <laughs> believe... I believe Huberdeau is going back there. And I do. You have Kachuk uh, and Huberdeau and Barkoff and mm-hmm. the young guys up front. Like the young Finnish guy I love, the center, uh, center Iceman. And then you still have Ekblad on the back end. You have some nice depth there. And then you have Knight and Goal. Yeah, you, you still got Montour. Yep. You still got Forsling. I mean, Gudis can go at the end of the year. That gorilla. But I mean, like, they brought in Mark Stahl just for a body to have. Like, they I have Eric on a tryout deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it'll be that bad. I want to see a, a a proposed buyout of Bobrovsky as to what it would cost them. Like, I'll, just keep talking. I'll tell you what it is right now. I screenshotted it. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering cap wise, just because, like you said, even if you put Knight on for a Bridgedale for a couple of years just to kind of help out. It's like, what is that final number actually going to be if they do buy it? So I'm just like, hmm. The little things you makes you wonder, that's all. All right, so here's what it would look like. Um, the, fuck. It. Dude, well, dude, at $10 million, it's it's a shit ton of money. Like, so here's what it would be if they bought him out after next season. Yep. Oh, well, I was thinking that, too, because then it would be three years left. It, so they would have a dead cap charge of 6.75 million for the next three off uh three seasons so at that point you're better off trading and eating three million of it yeah and then it drops to 175 for four years before you're done that's a lot so three years six seven five then one seven five basically you're saving three three point two five million dollars immediately if you just buy them out yeah, that's not even that much relief. Yeah. That sucks. What what a shit deal, man. What a shit fucking deal. You never give a goalie that much money, especially Bobrovsky. Like, you have your well, Bores, you have your Waz, your, your Belfours, your uh, Curtis Josephs, your Hanks, Tuka. Just, just for fucking, just for the amount of years it was. Like, yeah. give him $10 million a year for four years. Just, all right, we got him in the door. But and then fucking... you've seen the, the goalie deal is the following off season, the guys are maxing out at most six mil. Yeah, for for good goaltenders and in the league. Meanwhile, you're paying him ten. Like, what a crap deal, man. Um, that is so much fucking money. But man. just go back to Calgary really quick. I like this. Like, I thought once Kachuk was leaving, like, okay, like tear it down. You know, start maybe not a full on rebuild, but like maybe a two year retooling here. But I like what they made, the moves they made. They still need a, 
a first-line winger unless Manji Yapani wants to flip over to the right side and play on a right wing. But you're looking at free agency. There's not that much left in terms no. of impact forwards. The only guy I count as an impact forward that's out there is Kadri. Now, I know he's a center, and maybe you want to sign him as a center and put and push Backlund down. But if you're Kadri, don't you go to him and say, listen, we may not be your first choice, but we don't want you to play center at least full-time. We're going to stick you on the right side because you bring a similar skill set to Kachuk. And you're going to play with Johnny Hockey, uh, Johnny Goudreau, not, oh my God, Huberdeau, and Lindholm, and you're going to get monster offensive stats. Sign a one-year deal. Like $8 million. And then you'll cash in again. Because there's still some questions out there of, was it just a one-year thing that he can put up 75-plus points? Well, prove it again. I mean, hey, there's that. And the other thing, too, is like we've already said with Huberto and Uyghur, and if they did sign Kadri, if shit isn't working at the deadline, I mean, Flip it kills me to it kills me to say it. Kadri's a fucking Stanley Cup winner now. Yeah. Go out there and fucking get something for him. So that's I know they have the RFAs, like you said, Manji and Pani, uh, <laughs> forcing stuff that they need to figure out, but they're almost set. I like Markstrom and goal. You make one more addition. It could be a trade. You know, who knows? Like maybe they trade uh, some of the first round picks that they've recently acquired to get a young, cheaper, actual right winger to play in a top line. You never know. But I think if they do that, I still like Calgary out West if they do that. So well, in that Pacific, yeah, I think they would probably still be in that top three. Yeah. Um. Before we get into the Bruins or Rangers, any other moves that you want to talk about individually or teams overall for what they've done in free agency or essential life, essentially with trades and free agency? I, I like Nashville, man. I, I like what they did. I like them bringing in um. Uh, Nita Ryder. I, I think Nino, size-wise, gives them a little bit of depth there. Only a short-term, cheap deal. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought the the money really worked out for them, and I like the additions that they've made. I, I thought Nashville's done a good job this free agency. Can oh, I... no, we got to talk about? Uh, I'm sorry, I, it just popped in my head because I just saw him. That Penguins and Devils deal, that, that Ty Smith-John Marino deal, <sighs> holy shit. <laughs> Or, I mean, somehow Pittsburgh flipped Matheson. Yeah, I just, hey, good, Ronnie Hextall is doing good, just whatever he's flipping out there. I mean, they got out from that Marino deal, and they bring in Ty Smith, uh, still on his entry level, I believe. I mean, he was he got cheap money in defensively last year, but also he was getting, like, first pair minutes and unsheltered, so I feel like. Pittsburgh has a lot of depth on defense right now, and they still need to make probably one or two more trades just to clear that out because they don't have enough spots. So you're looking at Ty Smith going to be your on your third pair, probably just get some PK minutes here and there. Like That's a pretty good environment to go in to get sheltered and find your game. I mean, uh, Jeff Petrie, yep. Chris Letang, Dumoulin, 
Peterson, Jan Ruda, Ty Smith. They still have, how do we ever pronounce this? Chad Ruedel? Ruedel? Uh, I, I always mess up Ruedel. saying his last name. Like, I always mess up saying his last name. I always feel bad for Ruedel. him. But, I mean, they're gonna, that's... So the rumors, they're, they're t- trying to flip uh, Pedersen. Interesting. I I thought, I know, granted, though, they love Dumoulin down there. Yeah. But next year he's UFA, and I just don't know as to how much or how long they want to give him after I the season. Smith just says he, he plays hard. He, he plays a hard game. I do like Brian Dumoulin. I think Smith is their insurance. If he turns his game around, they can feel comfortable letting Dumoulin walk. Yeah. But no, good maneuvering there. They signed, they kept Malkin, they kept Latang, they kept Rust. So if Jari bounces back health wise, once again, they're going to be right in it. Um, I mean, I know Malkin probably misses like half the season again anyway, but they'll be a playoff I mean, team. B- before they drop off, right? Like Pittsburgh up front Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Zucker, Rust, Raquel, Kasperi Kapanen, Jeff Carter. Then it drops off to. Brock McGinn, Teddy Bluger, Josh Archibald, Ryan Poling, they just got in that trade with Montreal. That's a good roster. That's a pretty good roster. And you have Sullivan behind a bench. Like, they're, like, for being kind of cap-restricted and having no prospect pool whatsoever, like, they're still kind of... They are fighting tooth and nail to keep that window open. (laughs) Yeah, like you said, you got to give it to them. Um. One team, obviously, your boys in Ottawa. Love so, the Sens. So what an off season! They get the Drew deal done. Um, they signed Norris to an eight-year contract extension. They got out of the Murray deal. Um, they brought in Cam Talbot to split time with Forsberg. That's a nice. I love that Talbot deal. Uh, tandem because you had the potential in Forsberg and you had the consistency of a veteran in Talbot, which they were hoping to get from Murray, but didn't get, and now they save some money. They have the better goaltending situation. They have Giroux up front. Um, overall, just a very, very good offseason for Ottawa. Uh, and they still have almost $12 million in cap space. Yeah. Um, he ain't done. He ain't done. The other th- so I know we talked about them briefly with Goudreau. The Flyers... One, it didn't even make a call, but then the excuse of we didn't have the space, that just shows me you didn't we weren't aggressive enough to make the fucking room. Like I, you know you need to go all in for Goodrow. The owner came out and said money will not be a problem. If Fletcher comes to me and says, We need this, he's getting it. And then you don't even try. I just don't believe so they're at the cap right now. They're right at the cap. But it's like, you're trying to tell me, uh, you don't need a fire sale, but you couldn't have tried to unload James Van Riendijk, only one year left, eat a little bit of money. Someone would take that, eat a little bit of money there. I, I mean, uh, I like, love giving DeLaurier a four-year fucking deal. Jesus Christ. I mean, granted, the money isn't significant for 1.75. But four years? I mean, they need protection, man. They, That's one I of mean, those things. And then, it, you know, they have defensive issues. So what's the solution? Bringing back the guy who was part of the defensive issues last year. We both like Bronny as a person. But 
that they're bringing him back and he's going to slot in once again as a top four defenseman for him. That's not his role right at this point in his career. Not at 35. He no. struggled mightily in the playoffs for the Rangers. I mean, he was still better than Patrick Nemeth. Jesus Christ. But they bring him back. They make the deal for Tony D'Angelo to eat up cap space. Maybe wait on that D'Angelo deal until you can find the cap space to sign Johnny Hockey. What do you say? Um, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't sound crazy. The other thing, team with Goudreau, the Islanders, the only team to still not make a fucking free agent signing. Um, Lou's Lou sticking to the guns. He, they ship uh, a first-round pick for Alexander Romanov, who... Not very good. <laughs> um, overall, the grand scheme of things, the only reason why people still like him is because of the year on his birth certificate. If you just looked at him as a player, he's been trash um, since they're all last year, year and a half. Has Haven't signed anybody. They need a winger for Barzell. Nothing. I'm just basically sure that this is Barzell's last year there. Uh, he is going to pull a Matthew Kachuk at the end of this year. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, why stick around? Oh, I'm, I'm not surprised. It's going to happen. I mean, granted, the, the team there, for what they still have, is still very good. Barzell, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Bailey, uh, J.G. Pajot. They still have Kyle Parmeri. He's still farting around there. They still got Beauvillier. They still, I love them too. Little Casey Sezik is always bouncing around there. But like, the team is still sufficient, but they're lacking. Yeah. Like, and they need old more. Already. Well, yes, they are old. So, the. I can't believe Anders Lee's already 32. Yeah, he always fucking kills us, so I can't wait till he's 35 and gone. <laughs> um, two other teams that I want to touch on before getting into some individual moves. I think. Seattle's had a nice little offseason. Mm-hmm. They haven't been huge players in free agency. They signed for Burakowski to a five-year deal. Um, they made the trade for Bjorkstrand, like I mentioned earlier, which I like. They needed to get more offense, um, which I think they've added to. Um, they have the two young centers who will likely make the roster. Um, Grubauer can't be as bad as he was last year again this year. Um, so even if he's just average the rest of the way, that's an improvement. Well, do, do you find it interesting, though, that right now they are rocking three goalies, Grubauer, Dreider, and Martin Jones? Well, Dreider's going to be out for the year. Oh, they just haven't put him on LTI. Yeah, he's just, okay. he, he hurt himself, so that's why they brought in. Well, that, that was overseas, right, during a world yep. championship? Yep. Okay. I can't believe NHL teams let their guys go in the offseason <laughs> to play in this shit. Um. I mean, up front though, I, I like. I've always loved Jordan Eberle. Yeah, you got Eberle, you got Schwartzy. They they signed Burakovsky. They have Bjorkstrand now. They have Yanni Gord. They have yeah, McCann. Right. Yeah, Wenberg, Donskoy. They just um, RFA'd with Morgan Geeky. Yep. Like I, I think, and then I mean, I love that Shane Wright, Matthew Bernier's breakdown yeah. of middle man. Like even if it's just and not this Yanni year Gordon or the year Lucy. after. <laughs> like I, I like that. Um, they did have to end up breaking up the Flurry brother tandem. Hayden went to Tampa Bay. Um, but I like their offseason. The other team that I like their offseason so far, the Tampa Bay Lightning, man. 
Liking it, huh? I, I like their offseason. I know, I know they lost Palat. I think for everything he's done for Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, they did this with Gord, and they did it with Goodrow, and they did it with Palat. They squeeze as much juice as they can get out of that stone. Yeah. And then as soon as they're going to get too expensive, they move the fuck on. Yeah. Thanks for coming. So they signed Nemesnikov to a one-year deal. He's going to give them what Palat gave them. Maybe not as clutch because Palat always came up big in big spots. But over the course of a season, they're going to get very similar production from Nemesnikov as they got with Palat, and he's on a one-year deal. I love the Ian Cole signing. I've always loved Ian Cole. Like, just wherever he goes, steady and lifts the play of the guy he plays with. They lost McDonough. Um, we talked about that already, which left an opening. They're going to give more ice time to Sergeyev because you couldn't keep Sergeyev in a third pair forever. No. So that's, that's where true. Cole slides in. Now Cole's on your third pair. Cole's one of the best. He's going to be one of the best third-pair defensemen in the league this year. So now you have Hedman, Sergachev, and Cole. Um, they lost um, Ruda. Mm-hmm. I, I still like their right side. Obviously, Vasilevsky and goal. They replaced, they're going to try and replace what they lost with Palava from Mesnikov. A couple of the young kids. Are going, like I think Tampa Bay is still right there. The only thing that's working against them is all the extra miles. Like Miles had, and a little aged too. Yeah, they've lost a lot, a lot of just normal youth. I call it like Stamkos is an old thirty-two year old. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's fair. I mean, st- still a lot of production, but but yes, an old thirty-two. Um, Alex Kalorn, same thing. Yeah, I mean, even Hedman with all the minutes he plays, like he's in his early thirties right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Individual moves that I want to touch on. Um, I the Capitals. I'm just gonna go with Washington here. They signed Kemper in goal, which we all thought was happening, anyways. Yep. Now, is he upgrade? Yes. Before his injury, the eye thing that happened to him in the playoffs, he had a pretty legitimate top 10 season uh, in the league for goaltenders. So you're going from Samsonov and Vanacek to Kemper. Upgrade. Boom, right there. They signed Charlie Lindgren to be the backup. Whatever. Fine. I like the Dylan Strone deal. One-year deal only. So he'll replace somebody ice time at power play time that they're not going to get with Backstrom being being out, but to me, it just seems like rearranging the to be cliche here. The chairs on a Titanic. On the Titanic. <laughs> I don't think the window is open anymore. I know Ovechkin is going to pump his forty goals a year, 30, 40 goals in next year. I know you have Carlson. Wilson's going to be out for a good chunk of the season. Um, Backstrom's out. I just, I feel like the Kemper deal, while he is an upgrade, it's a five-year deal. You're not going to be, your window's already closed. You're definitely not going to be contending in year three, four, and five of this deal. If Do you have up cap friendly right now? 
I can pull. Yeah, I have the thing. Yeah. So, so if you pull up Washington's team, yeah, from this season to next season. I mean, they also don't have any cap space for this season right now. There's six million over. I mean, Backstrom's going to go on L- There's TIR, but there is red all across the board for the end of this year oh, yeah, for Carson's next season. The only defenseman signed. Yes. There's no one else there. Everyone's UFA, UFA, UFA down the board. And, I mean, even their bottom six forwards, uh, UFA, UFA, one RFA, everybody else UFA on the bottom, too. I Even – that's one point. The other point is the age. Like, oh, yeah. Who's that you you talked 31. about thing with an old 32. These guys are beat up in Washington. Like, TJ Oshie's an old 35. Yeah. I mean, Ovechkin's thirty, going to be thirty-seven this year. Kuznetsov's going to be thirty-one. Oshie's turning thirty-six. Um, Eller's turning thirty-four. Carlson's turning turning thirty-three. And then you look at Backstrom, who's going to miss a heavy, if not all, season. He's going to be thirty-five. By the time he comes back, he's going to be thirty-six. Yeah. Like Tom Wilson's already twenty-nine. Haglund's thirty-four. So I look at it as like uh, they're going to end up finding themselves in a Sharks position where they're going to be up against the cap or and or with several immovable contracts because of age and the cap hit and they're not going to be in the playoffs and they're going to be stuck and unfortunately they didn't navigate the whole keep trying to keep the window open with the right decisions at the right time with the right guys that Pittsburgh struck yeah, sometimes you got to cut certain guys out. Yep. Yeah. So it's really going to be, I think the next four years, it's just going to be Ken Ovechkin, Ketchgretzky. That's all it's going to be in Washington. Because when you look at the Eastern Conference, I mean, they're not a playoff team. They're not. So I, I, I know Strom's one year. I know they have a lot of U, UFAs coming up after the season, which will help them clear some space out. But when you give a guy like Kemper five years, who's going to be 33 during the season, is it really the best use of money and resources to have your 33-year-old starting goaltender making over $5 million a year when you're not really a legitimate contender? Sometimes it's just all about uh, keeping the old guys together, you know, the little country club. So that's one. The other thing is Toronto. As a team. Now, I like the depth signings that they've made because they finally decided to walk away from, let's sign every 40-year-old there is. Like, no more Joe. Is Spezza back? Is he signed for one more year? Or is he retiring? Retiring. He's retiring. I like Abe Kubel. I love the God that signing. I really, really, I know it's irrational. It makes no sense. I love Adam God as a player. <laughs> he's always been a, a really good player. Like you put him on Solid. your fourth line and he's going to help drive some play. He'll might chip in some offense here and there. He's not going to hurt you if you put him out there for 10, 12 minutes a night. And he's on the right side of the age curve. I love that signing for them for the fourth line. Abe Cabell for the fourth line. The Victor Mete signing I like. Kyle Yonkroak signing. 
the one thing is, can we move on from Pierre Engvall, please? Like, enough. He's my forward Cody CC. <laughs> like, he, like, probably a nice dude. But on the ice, like, fuck, you can't replace this guy? If you can't replace Engvall, you're, I don't know what you're doing as an organization. Um, I'd rather have kept Black, Colin Blackwell than let Engvall walk. But the real issue is that Matt Murray deal. I I was very happy when Ottawa was able to uh, yeah. get him off the books there. The fact that you're going from Jack Campbell to Matt Murray and not saving any money. It's not like Campbell signed for a Borowski deal and now you're paying half the money to have a downgrade in goal, but at least you're saving $5 million. You're basically saving nothing. And you bring in a worse goaltender. The Maple Leafs have somehow gone from a solid to pretty good number one of Freddie Anderson and ran him the fuck out of town to Jack Campbell, who was good and consistent, but he's he's pretty he's solid. He's solid. To Matt Murray. In three in two off seasons, you went from Freddie Anderson to Matt Murray. I don't know how you do that on purpose. <laughs> now, yet again, probably planning too far for the future myself here. But Austin Matthews, I think you have another Maddie Kachuk on your hands. I mean, granted, he's UFA, so he he has all the cards. Who Austin? But Austin, he he's UFA. Not at the end of this year, the year after. Oh, okay, I, I thought you. I was like, holy fuck, really? No, no. no. So uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that, like. Mid mid next year, they're legitimately gonna have to decide if at the trading deadline they're gonna get rid of him just because there is no way the city of Toronto could go with another one of their top picks, their top guy leaving for nothing. Yep. Can't happen. It, it cannot happen. If he leaves, one, what teams can afford him to give him a deal that he wants? And two, <laughs> what teams can afford a trade to give up what Toronto's going to want in return? Not that many. Uh, not that many. But all I'm saying is that if you're midway through that year and he has not committed to you, what is better? Going to the offseason... And losing him for nothing. And having that all for a storyline. Or, you know what? Dale him there and say, we didn't know if we were gonna, weren't going to sign him. He didn't commit to us. We're more than willing to bring him back here in the offseason if he wants to sign back here. But, hey, is Kyle Dubas, his job is to do what is best for the team. And if Austin Matthews can't give you a yes or no or his agent doesn't want to do an extension. happen. You can't. It, it needs to be. The hard way. Yeah, you can't do it. So, uh, and yet again, hey, I, is this a cutthroat league? Yes, it is. But I think there's like certain things. So, hypothetically, if you look at numbers for players, right, at the end of next season, not this one coming up, the one after, 23-24, Anze Kopitar comes off of the LA Kings. I, I would... Sh- Literally, as you were talking, I was running through teams in my head of like where he would go. I'm like, LA. 
He would go to L.A. in a heartbeat. He fits there. He has the style. He has all, he has the stash. He could fill in in movies. Like that is where he would go. I'm telling you. Do you think he doesn't? Do you think he actually just doesn't want to be in Toronto? Yeah. Fuck man. I mean, after he uh, listen. If if he goes there, right? The the kid's a god. Hockey royalty. Yeah. But you're trying to tell me if this year happens and they get ousted again in the first round, and then next year happens, say he stays with them, he doesn't get dealt to the they're out again in the first round. You think he's resigning there? You're fucking high. So if you're Toronto, here's because you and I always relate to the GMs like Zito and Yarko who are like just balls to the wall. Fuck it. You don't need to be balls to the wall. But you just need to saying. do what's best for your club. Here's what. Here's if they're being honest and. Matthews goes to him and says, I'm not resigning. I'm not going to make it public because I don't want to hurt you guys in leverage. Like, I'm not trying to fuck you guys over. But just being honest with just you guys. Just being honest. Yep. Nylander's a free agent that same offseason. Next offseason, most of their forward groups are UFA. Muzzin's yep. UFA. Brody's UFA. Giordano's UFA. If I'm Dubas, I'm like, okay, I'm going to flip you. And Nylander, and Marner, and Tavares, and eat some of Tavares, and just fucking re- rehaul, start this thing over again. Because I've proven with the draft capital, I can bring in the right guys. And I'll start all over again. There's no way if you're moving Matthews that you're like, all right, we'll stick it out with 33 year old John Tavares and Mitch Marner, who's not really a franchise forward, and this is enough to compete. Like, if you're not going to win a cup, you might as well start over. That's how I look at it. I just, I, I can already see them burning the, the Matthews jerseys. I can see it now. I, I mean, that was the first team I thought of was, like, L.A. So. And, I mean, they'll re-sign Anzi, but Anzi will come back very team-friendly. Yep. He'd be, like, 36 or 37 at that point. Maybe a year or two here and there, you know, bottom-line minutes. Still be able to produce, be as selky that he is. Dude, I'm telling you. The last team I specifically want to talk about is Carolina. They lose Trochuk, Niederreiter, and Cole. They lost Brendan Smith, who, while a third-pair defenseman, was very valuable for them. They make the trade for Brent Burns. I mean, they lose D'Angelo. They replace him with Brent Burns. At a minimum, that's a wash. They sign Andre Cash uh, to a one-year deal. They're running it back in goal with Ranter and Anderson. They, they bring in Pacioretty, though. Pacioretty, who... For nothing. Literally nothing. But the problem is he can't play. Like, he can't stay healthy. I mean, it, for them, though, if you look at it in the sense of relief, I mean, Patrick's one-year UFA just this season. Well, I'm talking about keeping a window open this year. Uh, I know, but, I mean, if you look at it for kind of future-esque, I mean, who's to say that they're not anticipating him getting hurt and he's going on LTIR? That's $7 million they can use. I guess my my question is, 
they're probably going to be running Kakaniemi as their 2C. Mm-hmm. He plays Chorchuk. They're counting on Pacioretty, even though he plays the opposite wing, to replace Nita Ryder. <coughs> they have Jarvis. I mean, Jarvis has played center in, in junior, so maybe they'll put him at center on the second line. There's talk that they're going to ha- they're going to trade. Uh, Natchez because he doesn't want to sign long term. Okay. Are they better than they were last year or on equal footing? <laughs> or do you see them slipping a little bit here? Because No, I, I see them slipping a little, but I also expect more out of some of their guys. Like okay. I, I thought Kock and Yemi had a very good playoff for them. I thought Aho played very well in the playoffs or in front like from that first round matchup with us, those were two kids who you never see in the mix that were in the shuffle ever after every whistle, mixing it up, talking shit, finishing checks. I, I expect a lot more out of them coming into this year. Now, Tevu Teravainen, I expect a little bit more out of just because he should be better. I mean, are you asking me, do I think Burns and the D'Angelo thing? I mean... No, I, I guess I guess my question is because in a division like a Metro, it's tight. The difference between the division winner and potentially missing the playoffs is not that much of a gap. You have the Rangers, you have the Penguins. The Devils should be better. You have Columbus. I'm not saying any of those teams, all those teams are going to finish out of Carolina. But if you don't, if you finish fourth, you're potentially playing Tampa in the first round or Florida in the first round. Now, I know it's still very early to think about it, but I mean, if we're looking at the Metro, I mean, you guys, Pittsburgh, who goes three, four, who knows? I mean, what Islanders team is going to show up? The same one from last year? I think or the, I they're actually going to play? I think 3-4 is going to be a battle between Columbus, Carolina, and New Jersey. I Columbus, think Carolina, three, New Jersey. Okay, so the, the Islanders are out and are Philly's one, out. Yep, I think Rangers okay. are 1-2 with Pittsburgh in whatever order. Okay. I think last dead last is Philly. Even under a Tortorella coach team? Oh, that's going to blow up spectacularly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so not that Carolina now sucks. It's an upgrade with Burns, in my opinion. If Patrick stays healthy, they'll get more goal scoring. Like they'll get a, it's a different style that they're going with from Patrick to Nita Ryder. Um, Do you think that with at least right now? Because who knows what could happen throughout the year? Just. With Freddie Anderson now having all that extra time and being able to heal his injury, that they're more, at least considering if he's healthy, they feel like they would be a better team than they were at the end of the year last year. I'm sure they think that. I don't think they are a better team Okay. than they are. That's, that's fair. If I'm a Carolina fan, that's my concern. is not that we're going to miss the playoffs or that we're not going to be good. It's that any type of drop-off sees them potentially playing Tampa, Florida, the Rangers of Pittsburgh in the first round. Giddy up. You know what I mean? 
So that's the problem. If I'm Carolina, I'm like, fuck, am I third and I'm kind of safe? Or my fourth, I don't get fucking railroaded in the first round. Hey, got to play the cards. Yeah. Um, so I know, I mean, we're not going to get to everything that happened around the league. Like, I'm sh- sure people would say, what about Detroit? They had a good offseason. New Jersey, they might have solved their goaltending situation. Like, Dallas, the Marchman, like, yes. I'm sure. There are a ton of moves that we haven't talked about yet. But you know, they slide in the DMs. We'll, yeah, we'll cover it next week. If you want a three-hour yeah. podcast, we'll give you one. But <laughs> we're trying to keep it at an hour. <laughs> yeah. um, any other moves for you or teams that stuck out that we didn't talk about? Detroit. No, I. No, I. Th- I think we're good. I, I think we've hit everything that was the main focus. What about your boys? I mean, we we trade away Halla for Pavel Zaka. I like that move. I like Zaka. I, I like Zaka. He's younger. Uh, my only thing is, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, I've been like fucking just this cough. Um, my only thing is this: we know what we have in the sense of Eric Halla was able to step in there and play a two C role for us that we did not anticipate. Now, currently, uh, the rumors have been. Bergeron and Krejci, Bergeron and Krejci. Well, currently, neither of them have re-signed. So right now, our 1C is Charlie Coyle. (laughs) To me, that's a red flag. So now, yes, do we need to sign Bergeron? Yes, but okay. Now, 2C, if, you know, Krejci doesn't come back like everyone has predicted and hoped that he is, we can't do Charlie Coyle again. And... Can Zaka play center? Sure. Is he going to be able to slide into that role and do what Hala did? I don't know. So <coughs> that's just my only thing. Like, I just don't know as to w- what to expect. It's a new lineup. Could there be chemistry instantly? Sure. But um, uh, there's just certain things. Like, we re-signed Studnika. Uh, this year, it is a two-way contract next year it is a one-way so next year he will be with this team regardless or somewhere else um is he going to be able to crack the lineup fabian lizel uh did not come to development camp he is preparing for the world junior that is happening in august i want to see as to what he does on the world junior level and if he's going to slide up into the lineup john beecher was at development camp looked great the big sexy john beecher um, yeah, I, I just want to see as to if some of these kids can transition into the lineup in certain spots in training camp, Don Sweeney's going to have to push some people out and it's going to be, maybe you can't sign someone instantly, but at least you're already looking forward towards next year and preparing for free agency or re-signing your own players. Yeah. You guys just got to try and hold your heads above water until uh, Marshan and uh, McAvoy start coming back. Yeah, I mean, so we're, we're going to hold our heads above water at least until, I, I think they said early December. So, I mean, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, For the Rangers, so it's funny because the last episode I talked about not being a huge fan of Trocek 
And that's who the Rangers end up giving a seven-year deal to. So we're going to have him through his age 35 season. Is he better? <laughs> is he better than Strom and Cop? Probably, slightly. Should we? Am I a fan of the deal? No. Is it my money? No. Do it. Do the Rangers give a shit about? Year six and seven of this deal, no fucking way. Like, they're in it for the next two years to see, like, all right, let's see if we can get this shit done. Um, so they put in Trocek. He's going to be 2C next to Panarin. He brings a different style to our lineup. Smaller eye than Stroman Cop. Um, better defensively. Much better on faceoffs. And he's just an annoying fuck to play against. Like, even in a playoffs when we played Carolina, just one of the most punchable faces I've ever seen in my life. Um, Always in the mix. Always. So he's going to help open up some space on the ice for Panarin that Panarin didn't get with Strom and Kopp. And I think the Rangers felt comfortable moving on from Strom, even though Strom and Panarin were really close and they played together on the same line for a couple years was when they brought Cop over and they went and Strom got hurt, they saw that okay, so Panarin works with Cop too. So it doesn't we can he can work with any center, which should be obvious because it's fucking our Tammy Panarin. You gonna die over there? I think so. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Um so they signed Trotrek to be two C. Uh the, the last things on of business for the Rangers are just signing Kako. To a bridge deal. It sounds like it's going to be two years, $2 million per. Um, and then they're going to basically be ready for the season. Uh, they signed Ryan Carpenter as a fourth line forward to replace Kevin Rooney for the league minimum, 750K for one year. Can't beat that. Um, so right now, the Rangers forward group um, is going to look like Kreider, Zibanejad, and Lafreniere. On the first line, Panarin, Trocek, and Kako on the second line, Sammy Blay, Filipito, and Vitaly Krasov on the third line, and then a fourth line combination, three out of the four of uh, Goodrow, Carpenter, Hunt, Reeves, and make it five actually, uh, Gustav Radal from Europe, who they signed, who's a centerman. Um, so they'll figure out the fourth line out of those guys. And then the only other thing they did was they got rid of Nemeth and his deal, um, and they signed Jaro Holak to be the backup goaltender. I like the deal. One year, one and a half mil. He knows what his role is. He's not going to be pouting on a fucking bench like Georgiev was. Um, the last thing they need is this uh, seventh defenseman, which I can see someone like Calvin DeHaan getting a – PTO, and then they just signed him to a cheap one-year deal if he makes the roster. Um, it looks like they're going to roll with Zach Jones and Schneider as the third pair, which I like on paper, so we'll see how that works. But for the offseason, the Rangers are pretty much done here. So sign Kako, see how Krausoff fits and which line he fits on, and then out and pack where Lafreniere plays, and then fucking let's drop the puck. Ready to go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um... Anything else that you want to touch on? Um, maybe not off transaction wise or anything. I have one. I have one and a half things that 
I'm one and a half things. I'm intrigued. Get, lay it on me, Benny. Well, the one thing is to hear about what's going on with the owner of the Oilers. I have not, no. So he's been sued in civil court as a defendant, and she has documentation showing that he paid her $75,000 when she was a teenager for sex. Oh, I did see that. Yes. Okay. Because uh, the seventy-five grand, I did see that. Like, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like, listen, rich guys are going to be rich guys, right? They're going to be assholes. Like, this guy apparently has no problem cheating on his wife. If you're going to pay for sex, just there are plenty of high-end escorts, dude, that are illegal age. <laughs> no, no shit. Like, like, what the like, fuck? Like, <laughs> I get it. like, why put yourself in that position? And, I mean, the other part of it, it's like, she has the documentation that, and I mean, it wasn't one time, like, one seventy-five thousand. there was numerous $75,000 transactions, so. And this isn't the first time he's been accused of this, so apparently, in 2017, um, in a defamation case, he propositioned a model and actress during a photo shoot for sex. So, if Quinville got... Banned, essentially. Yeah, still has not been reinstated. Correct. What happens to an owner if this comes out and it's true that he basically paid to have sex with a minor? Oh, no. Listen, I mean, you'd have to think that team's going up for sale or he's stepping down and the other ones. Yeah, you would have to think so. And the half thing is in the same realm of the... Team Canada. Stuff. It is like shit show. Uh, uh, how many teams have now been accused of something? It's it seems like every day there's a different team coming up. So the, what was it 2018? I think mm-hmm. the World Junior Champion Junior Championship team from Canada. There's that ongoing. I don't know if it's a lawsuit or it's just stories that come out uh, that have come out where during when they were celebrating their championship there was a sexual assault that happened between a girl who was drunk and was too drunk to really know what was going on in her words uh went back to the hotel with john doe number one and they started fooling around but then john doe number one invited several teammates into the room and they all took turns with her they, uh, let me see how I can put this in a graphic way, utilize golf clubs. I'll leave it at that. Um, and then forced her to film a video saying everything that has happened in this room tonight was consensual. Now, who the fuck does that? If you know what you did was legal. Correct. You know what I mean? So the whole thing is now it's starting to get to the point where individual players from that roster are coming out and being like, I had no idea any of this happened. This is not me. I wasn't involved. But at some point, if all 20 guys say I wasn't involved, at least four of them are lying. (laughs) Yeah. So the only thing that came out was the lawyer for this girl or whoever said, John Doe number one is hockey royalty. Now... The athletic is asking, does he mean royalty from that team 
or current royalty? Because if it's current royalty and you look at the roster, there's only one guy. I'm not. You look at the roster. I'm not going to say names because that's bullshit shit. That's a pretty big distinction to start narrowing down a list. Was it 2018 royalty because of his prominence on the junior team or right now? Because that's yes. going to start impacting some fucking people. Correct. B- so, big time. Like at this point, like I told you when I texted you, enough of beating around a bush. Like, can we, like, if there's something going, if something went down, which obviously something did, like it's years later and this girl's still talking about it, like this was a scarring event. Let's fucking get the ball rolling here on who's who. Let's get this shit going. Not only just to know, but like, why is this guy still walking around then? Like, if he committed a crime and you're accusing him of it, where are the cuffs? Get him involved and let's get the fucking trial underway here. And I think the other thing, too, now is <clears throat> Hockey Canada in itself has now had a lot to deal with where people are not even. Uh, all of the sponsorships from Hockey Canada for this World Junior have been taken away. Yeah. Tim Hortons, Bridgestone, there was a whole bunch of people that took away the sponsorships due to things of the past, not what not what's happening right now. But I think the problem is with right now, it's not that these things from the past are coming up. It's just that there are a lot that lot Hockey Canada is now dealing with that fucking have not been addressed. And I it's mean, like they you said. They were involved in a Blackhawks thing. Yes, and that's the thing. It just seems that... Anything that has happened with Hockey Canada has been completely swept under the rug, and now we are dealing with it full bore. Yep. Like, it's here, it's happening now. And I understand, like, like, listen, Team Canada World Junior, World Championship Team like, there's guys coming in from all over the place. I I get it. Like, you you can't say Ben Stewart's a bad guy, but I'm, I'm okay, even though we both played on the same team. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if everyone yeah. knows it's going on, it's going on. But, like, I, it's just, it's fucking crazy. It, everything's been coming out against these guys. So I just wanted to bring that specific thing up because, like, enough of the beating around a bush. Like, we got to figure this out because, one, we got to weed out these fucking cancers. And, two, it doesn't do the innocent guys any good to constantly be getting asked these questions or being accused of it in the court of public opinion when they weren't involved. Like, don't drag these other guys to the mud when you you know who is involved. Let's go. Let's get it going. But now, like, th- this is the other thing, and I don't know the court system, so I can't say. So say if they were underage when it happened as well, th- these kids, do they get charged as minors? Or now that it's X amount of years later, they get charged as adults? I think that dictates as to sentencing and as to what has happened. But I also expect that if the court of law is going to come in here, no matter of who hockey royalty may be, yeah, it does what it is supposed to do. And if that said person is playing in the NHL, I would expect that if Coach Q got <clears throat> uh, fired, not reinstated, whatever you want to call it, for knowing of it, but now we have people who are now Part doing it, and correct, and nothing is happening, 
I think the NHL will wear a lot of egg on their face. You can't have today. And I don't care. And I don't care if it happened with Team Canada. So now you're saying, oh, well, that that person wasn't playing with us when it had happened, blah, blah, blah. If you are holding your people to a higher accountability, there it is. Yep. So I just wanted to bring up those two things because they're kind of in the same vein. Um, but I feel like by the end of the summer, there's going to be some type of big development with this specific scenario. And if you look at the roster and you look at the guys who are occurring in the league, like there are some franchise guys. Yes, correct. So like if you're one of these organizations, organizations, and you have to take your guys' word for it, obviously, but if, if it comes out that they were involved, it could tank seasons. And I know that's not the most important thing, but we're a fucking hockey podcast. We're not going to talk about the real world stuff. But from a hockey perspective, seasons could be tanked if some of these guys are involved. Like, uh, contracts yes. could be voided. <clears throat> like, career arcs could be changed forever. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, r- remember, names can get taken off the Stanley Cup. It happened with the guy in Chicago. It can happen here, too. Oh, man. All right. Well, enough of the depressing shit. Um, that's all I have for you today, man. <laughs> all right. You, you, you have any, uh, shout outs? Uh, yeah, give a shout out. Uh, we talked about this in a much different vein before we started recording, but happy birthday to Anna, AKA first lady, um, uh, 32 years old. And I now tell her that the older she gets, the more she will continue to understand how I was thinking when five years ago, <laughs> Of like now you know why I didn't like going out because I was thirty two and I was fucking tired. <laughs> yeah, I am tired a lot. I will admit to that. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, other than that, that's all I got. All right, uh, I'll give a shout out to the to the fam. We've been on vacay the whole week. We we just yeah, got been, back today. Traveling the world, been bouncing all all over the place, but uh, very much needed. Daddy is tired though. I am definitely going to be chugging a PDA. <laughs> A little Pedialyte after this, just to, uh, Are you, you know. Are you this week? Yeah, work tomorrow, 4.45. Be there. <laughs> so, that's, so you finish your wraparound trips. Because you basically had, you had two trips recently, right? Yeah, so we went to Old Orchard. We came back Wednesday, basically did the laundry. And then uh, we left Thursday morning to go up to Lake Ossipee for the yes. four days. Thursdays or Sunday, so... Yeah, it, it's been a lot, but we're moving. We're happy, so all is good. All right. Oh, well, everybody, thank you as always for listening. We will keep you posted when everything breaks. You know, we are lacking in the social media. I understand that. We're working on that. We're going to hire an intern. And then uh, <clears throat> we'll record, what do you think, big boy, next week sometime? Next week, maybe... We'll work on some maybe two. Let's let's just say within the next seven to ten days. Seven uh, to ten days. I like seven to ten business days. I like days. that. Um, besides social media, maybe you and I should brainstorm some potential alcoholic beverages. Dude, I had a lot of those this week. I think my body's <laughs> shutting down on me. So, all right, everybody, we will catch you all then. I, I got nothing, man. I got nothing. Signing off. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Without you, I'm harder. Thought I wouldn't grow without you. Now I'm wiser. Thought that I'd be helpless without. 